Good evening, Vancouver. Monday, June 28th, the hottest day ever, I think, in Canada. Uh, here in Vancouver, we're coming to you live from the lower mainland of British Columbia, and I am trapped in a 120 square foot room with an air conditioner because I it's 40 degrees the next room over. Uh, of course, joined as always by the one and only Canuck Clay. Parker, you look good. Uh, that's a sweet hat. And you were telling me that you left the room like a total of four or five times today. Yeah, it's it's a wall. Like you go out that door and it just it hits. It's a 20 degree difference between the two rooms, I think. So, yeah, no reason wow. to no reason to cross that barrier. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I had the day off work today. Actually, you may have seen I went to the brand new Da Vinci experience at Tawaston yeah. Mills. So uh, anyone who wants to go there, they they had a bunch of influencers and they had uh, me, a wannabe influencer, but it was cool. <laughs> got to see it, got to walk through for free and then in return for a couple of posts. Yeah, I, just to promote it. So anyone who's into art, Da Vinci, art, inventions, machines, worth your while. Uh, Tawaston Mills and you can't beat an hour in air conditioning. I know, Parker, you would go for that. Yeah, I guess I guess my invite was in the spam folder or something. I I just didn't, I didn't see it. I'll follow up. I'll follow up. Yeah. They, they didn't need any video dissection today. So, but I'll, I'll let, they'll know if they need, <laughs> they need you, they'll find you. <laughs> awesome. Uh, as always, uh, everyone who's watching live on YouTube, whether you're uh, here live listening to the podcast, we're glad you're here. If you miss any part of the show, you can catch up on the podcast later on, or just watch the recorded version here on YouTube. It'll all be up here. Uh, and as always, uh, you can find all of our links down in the description. Surprisingly, look, Canucks haven't played in months. Uh, there's literally two teams left playing right now. The offseason hasn't really kicked off because of the Stanley Cup Finals. Surprising amount of stuff for us to talk about, though. Lots of just sort of rumor mill stuff swirling around, whether that's coming from Friedman or Rick Dollywall or Jason Bruff, and there's just a bunch of stuff coming from everywhere. So lots of stuff for us to talk about tonight. Uh, Clay, do you want to get us started off? Yeah, well, I was just going to say, Parker, thank goodness, right? Because I, I know you and I, we, we get along just fine. We, we can always find things to talk about, but this podcast is called Canucks After Dark. So we kind of want to start with some Canucks things. And I know last week we were hurting. I think two weeks ago we were hurting a little less, but uh, mm -hmm. thankfully you're right. We have a bunch of stuff that we can talk about. And I think it was a nice, nice birthday gift for me on Tuesday, June the 22nd. It broke from Darren Dreger and then others. And then the Canucks actually announced it because I know they hate getting scooped by other people. They announced that Henrik and Daniel Sedin returning to the franchise after three years away to be special advisors to the general manager. Right now, Jim Benning, but their title is special adv advisors to the GM. Uh, a special day. And then the, the Sedins met the, the media the very next day. Um, Parker, when you heard it, not a surprise because I know you and I have talked about it before, both on the show and, and off of it. But um, truly, how did you feel when you actually heard it, that it was formalized and actually confirmed? Well, yeah, so Drager put that tweet out, and this was on the Tuesday. And yeah. I had said on the show on Monday, I bet it gets announced Wednesday. And then Drager comes That's out, true. Drager comes out yep. on Tuesday and says it'll be tomorrow. And I'm like, nice, I nailed it. And so I'm thinking, I'm like, do I make a video now saying that it's going to happen tomorrow, which I ended up doing, yep. or do I wait till tomorrow yep. for it to happen? Of course, I make the video an hour later. The news is official and it, everything was wrong. Um, but <laughs> so, you know, I kind of a swing and a miss there. But as for my like my actual feelings on it, I, I kind of said it last week where the, they're two guys that I think they can do anything. Uh, so yeah. like, I'm not surprised by it. Uh, I think, you know, more smart people in the front office is always a good thing. 
and uh, they, I don't think you can say anything negative about these two guys. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And yes, I remember you saying that it was going to happen on Wednesday. It was funny, you know, I, I'll admit in a good way because we're we're buddies. Sometimes I will see um, a notification that you made a video and I don't race to make my video because I want to be next. I use you as my news before sometimes Canucks Twitter. Like sometimes I'll get uh, Parker's Pucks just, and I say, oh, good, that's good. About the hmm. So then I make a video and then it, it makes us look stupid because we, we're saying well, their titles might be this and they might do this. And then by the time people are watching it, they've actually announced what they're doing. Right, yeah, probably 80% of the views came after the official news was out because people start searching for it. And, you know, it's that's part of the life. It's part of the, uh, it's part of the game, right? But it is quite funny, though, because then, um, you know, we, we, we like to be quick, but yet well thought out, too. We don't just put stuff up when it breaks without any thought that goes into it. But it, it's just kind of funny when it, it kind of goes 180 on us. A couple of things that the city said on Wednesday that stood out to me. One of them was, I love it. They said, you don't need the money. You don't need the fame. You don't need the notoriety. Uh, what's it for? And Henry said, we love this team. And that's a pretty cool, honest, authentic answer. Don't you think? Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely yeah. something good to hear. And I, I don't think they'd be here if they didn't. Right. Uh, like yeah. if their goal is to use it as a stepping stone, which I'm sure part of it is right. You use it as a stepping stone. If you want to actually pursue a career in management, this is a good place yeah. to start. Um, but also with sort of the negativity that's surrounded the front office here, the fact that you have these two guys who were connected to it, right? They played under this management group. Uh, they yeah. saw the whole Trevor Linden experiment flop yes. and they're still here and they're still saying, yep, we want to be a part of this team. We want to help this team win. And, uh, yeah, I, I think they said everything right, which they always have. Uh, great. Yes. Just like we do. No, we try yes. to, I love, they're so refreshing when they said, well, what's the game plan? What's the big picture? And I love how they said, we don't have a game plan. We don't have a big picture. We are not aiming to be co-presidents, co-GMs, pres, uh, you know, advisors, whatever. They just said, we're going to learn. There's some stuff we know about players and development and scouting. There's other stuff they don't know about business model, AHL, that kind of things, uh, free agency trade. So I, I it's going to be fascinating, but it, their, their honesty and their authenticity is very refreshing. And I think you'd agree, Parker, it's stuff. It's, it's traits that we need more of in this market, especially after such a crazy couple of years. Yeah. And you know, there's yeah. been the, I, I think Kevin BX had touched on it really well. And this is probably like, couple years ago when or no it was probably last year in the bubble when he was talking about the Sedin culture and the fact that it yeah. still lives on right they sort of transferred that to to horvat and you know besser got a bit of it and and those guys mm -hmm. and, and and of course edler and it just sort of lived on through that well having them there is just going to help sort of reinforce that so yeah. um yeah it's definitely i mean they, they said all the right things i think um one of them said, uh, basically, as long as you have a bunch of guys outplaying your contracts, you're fine. Yes. And it's like, that was yeah. a great thing to hear, right? Because it's like, yes, value. Everything is about value nowadays. When there's a salary cap, it doesn't matter how good your players are if they're worse than their contract, because then you're, you know, you're losing value elsewhere. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure they had one hand over one of their eyes and looking at the bottom six when they made that comment. But you're... That's a good point. I love what you said too, Parker, about the Trevor Linden experience. And we both talked about this before. I know I've gone on and on about, that's why it took so long for the Sedins to get announced. They want a clarity in their job title. They want a clarity in their job description. And there's no doubt that they saw what happened to Linden, the good, bad, and the ugly. And they're saying, there's no way that's going to happen to us. Whether that's more transparency with Francesco Aquilini, more transparency with Jim, uh, transparency with Jim Benning, and simply not getting caught, right? Uh, we know the story that it was Linden on one side, 
slow, slow, slow build. Aquilini on the other side. We got to get in the playoffs. And then Benning was kind of caught in the middle and he kind of drifted towards the Aquilini side. So I, I think the Sedins will come in wide-eyed and 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 ready for anything. And I, I think it would behoove them to do so. Like it makes a lot of sense because that's how they are, right? Deliberate, intentional, well thought out. Yeah, absolutely. I I yeah. I like I keep saying it, but I just I don't see a scenario where this fails in any way, right? Like mm-hmm. like worst case their suggestions don't get listened to. <laughs> and, yeah. and best case they really help the like improve the team and i would definitely lean towards the latter there um yeah other than that i mean that's that's basically all i have to say on it i'm just i'm excited yeah. it'll be good to see them again uh and you know it it, it gives them another shot you know they they could <laughs> you know win a stanley cup even though i'm not you know it's not it's not a near future thing uh it doesn't look like yeah. but you know it, it gives them gives them more more shots at it and before we jump off, Parker, I'll ask you one other thing. It's something I was thinking about. They do everything together. They even said as much, right, that they want to learn the, the aspects of the job together. But part of me, Parker, says you're really getting two assets here. You're getting two people. So if they were willing to diverge a little bit, you're in essence getting two for one. You could say, you know, one of them could be a, a GM. One of them could be a president, whatever. But I, I would just hope and maybe that will happen naturally. I don't know if you think it will that ultimately they will diverge a little bit. So at least one of them maybe has a strength in this area. Another might have a strength this area. And then they can capitalize on those strengths as opposed to being proverbially stuck joined yeah. at the hip. And I think, I think joining into an organization, into a role like this, where you're, you basically have zero management experience, right? Like you're just true, coming true. flat out into a new role that didn't exist before. Doing that with someone else, especially someone you're that close to, is probably yeah. super valuable, right? Someone to just yeah. ask questions to and like someone to figure things out together. Like like I know at my at my job, I, I started at the same time as someone else and we just yep. bounced off each other for months, right? Because it's, you know, uh. it's someone who's got the same sort of experience level. Uh, and then you can sort of, instead of learning at this pace, you can sort of boost each other the whole way up. Uh, and I Good. think, I mean, that's what they've always done, right? They've always boosted each other and, and made each other better. Uh, and I'm sure it'll be a, a similar story here. Did you know that Stan Smeals, someone pointed this out to me. I didn't know this, Parker. Someone said Stan Smeals, one of his job titles is senior advisor. So he's higher than a special mm. advisor. He's the senior advisor of the GM. I thought he's the senior advisor. Well, he should have known how to pronounce, you know, we joked around Vasily Podkolzin's name before, but I didn't know that. Senior advisor of the GM for Stan Smeal. I did not know that. Yeah, I don't know most of the official role <laughs> titles. Uh, they all, they're, they're all people that are there. And they all yeah. do stuff. <laughs> it's sort of how, sure. <laughs> like I could I could have told you that Stan Smeal was high up in there, but sure. you know, senior advisor, advisor, it's all just job yeah. titles at that point. So it sounds like two thumbs up from you, two thumbs up from me. So four thumbs up for this move by the Canucks. Yeah, and the other thing I wanted to mention on it is um, the fact that it did take this long to get announced. Because uh, I remember the the original, like it got brought up like the day after the Benning uh thing right like benning was staying on and there was a bunch of backlash from myself included and (laughs) the fact that and everyone's like oh they're just using the sedine thing to cover up the you know try to turn the market and like one if this was their long-term plan was to wait a month so we're we're, it would really hit us and we'd be happy about it then they did a great job i don't think that was it though i think it was genuinely done to improve the hockey ops department and yeah. um and i think the fact that it took like a month and a half to get announced uh probably supports that uh it wasn't just a pr move 
Great point. My conspiracy theory was that they were going to actually announce it a week earlier on Tuesday, June 15th, which was, as you know, the 10-year anniversary of Game 7, just to deflect some of the attention. But mm-hmm. admittedly, although I was probably feeding into it a little bit, there wasn't as much attention, as much, uh, you know, woe was me that I thought there would be uh, 10 years later on that that 10 year anniversary on the 15th. So that's when I thought they were going to announce it quite yeah, frankly. Yeah, I think ready. I think as Canucks fans, we've sort of we've sort of beaten that horse to death, you know. Yes. We've, we've been sad about it for so long and it's just like, <laughs> you know what? It's just another day at this point. Um, just another day. <laughs> all right, probably a good time to move on to topic number 2. Yes. Uh Hughes Pedersen contracts. Now we've talked about this probably every week for the last four or five weeks, but new stuff keeps coming out. Let's start with Quinn Hughes. Uh, so this okay. was Rick Dollywell on his show with uh, with Don mm-hmm. Taylor, Donnie and Dolly on Czech TV today. Uh, they had Elliot Friedman on and he said Hughes, McCarr and Heiskanen could all be looking at Thomas Shabbat and his 8 by 8 deal. The talk is that all three of those players see themselves ahead of Shabbat. Now, two things to dissect here. One, they all see themselves better than an 8x8. Eight eight. Uh, and um, and the three of them are all sort of being compared on equal playing field. Um, where are you, you know, what are you, are you thinking, like, if we could get Hughes at 8x8, eight eight, is that something you, you take and run? Or are you a little hesitant after this year? Uh, and does he belong on that same tier as Makar and Heiskanen? Yeah, no, great points. Uh, I'll talk about both of them quickly in reverse order. Six months ago, I'd say, oh, yeah, top the big four, right? Makar, Heiskanen, Hughes, and Darlene. The big four, they're going to negotiate together. They're going to be great together. And then we saw what Makar, and actually by extension, Adam Fox, but we saw what Makar did this season. And I think we even talked about last week how Makar has kind of separated himself from, yeah. from the pack, not just Hughes, but from the pack itself, right? And Darlene, yeah. you know, tough, tough position in Buffalo. So... I don't buy that they're at the same level as each other. Forget about Shabbat for a second. I, I think Makar is worth more. I, I frankly do. I like him. I, I love Hughes because he's our guy. I would have loved Makar if we had him. Same same thing. So I don't have anything against him. But I think Makar is proving to be more value on a better team. So yeah. if I had to pick one, I think Makar gets a bit more. Uh, maybe Hughes and Heiskanen are about the same. And then to compare to Shabbat, you know, I think Shabbat's up and down. Like Hughes was up and down. But even if take a, the name Shabbat out of there, eight by eight, that's a lot. That's 10% yep. of your salary cap. And I know you and I have been talking about maybe five and a half, maybe six, six and a half at the most. So to jump to eight and skip the whole seven sphere, to me, that's right. that's a lot and maybe too much. Maybe. Right. And I think it all depends on what the Canucks see their window as, right? Yeah. If, if the Canucks see their window as, you know, two years from now or like the next, th- let's say, not this coming year, but the, the three years after that. Then mm-hmm. you look at, okay, we get Hughes on a bridge, Pedersen on a bridge, three years apiece, and then we're looking at, you know, cheaper deals that we can try to stack a team around. However, if you're looking, if you're saying, okay, we want our window to be five to eight years down the line, then mm-hmm. you start to look for long-term value, right? So you could say, okay, well, in six years, Hughes making eight million might be an absolute steal. However, yeah. right now there's only a handful of defensemen in the NHL even making eight million, right? Like I think it's single yeah. digits. Like it's 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 a rare club, and if all three of them want to go above that, uh, yeah. I think it's going to be tough. I think Makar has every right to <laughs> to ask for it because uh, mm-hmm. I I think he's already worth that much. Uh, I think he, Hughes 
if he gets back on sort of that track he was on after his rookie year, um, yep. then I think he's worth that money. However, I think after this past season, you can use that to get some more value out of it, right? You don't have yeah. to throw all your chips in on Hughes. You can say, okay, let's give it three years. Let's give him a bridge. Let's make sure that he's the defenseman we think he's going to be, that he showed he was in his rookie, def- uh, his rookie season, uh, and make sure. The risk you run there, though, is if he's outstanding in the next three years, then he's asking for eight by 11. And then, you know, your window, you know, you're shifting your window to sooner, and this team might not be good enough soon enough to, to sort of capitalize on that. Yeah, there's so many fascinating points to this because imagine if he does sign eight by eight versus a three-year bridge deal by six and a half or seven, even. That's one to one and a half million dollars a year more that you could be playing with, right? If you go with the bridge and every dollar counts on this team. Now, thankfully, there's some light at the end of the tunnel at the end of next season once all those goofy contracts come off, but we're still going to be in it for a little bit. So um, I I know we've talked, Parker, about Pedersen wanting a bridge or it sounds like that way, Barzell, I know we're going to talk about that. And then he was wanting long-term. And I guess maybe it's being kind of strengthened by this this desire to almost go as a pack, right? Uh, so it's fascinating stuff. Actually, I'm really glad you 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 mentioned it to me that we're going to be talking about it because I hadn't heard that, and then I looked it up, and yeah, when I saw eight by eight, I I admit as much as I love Hughes, I think that's a lot because we were talking about Charlie McAvoy, Zach Wawinski, three year, five to five and a half million dollar contracts, yeah. not eight by eight. Yeah, and I think you need to be maximizing yeah. your value, right? And yeah. it's just it's it's too risky. And it's one of those things yeah. where it's going to help you more down the line. Uh, and this mm. is a team that sh- it should be starting to be on that playoff contender path soon. Yep. Uh, and we shouldn't be, you know, we shouldn't, we should care about value five years from now, but that shouldn't be the primary focus. It should be, let's, you know, let's hope, you know, let's hope, let's give him a bridge deal and hope it goes so well that we have to pay him more. Right. Cause that means he's really good. Uh, and it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's riskier for Hughes, but it's less risky for the team. There's a small part too that uh, bothers is too strong of a word, but let's say that Hughes does go seven or eight years long-term. And then obviously by the end of that, he's a true UFA. So that's 10 or 11 years, right? Three plus a seven or eight. Whereas if PD goes bridge and then does, for instance, maybe I'm wishful thinking a seven year contract after that, you're getting three, three, seven, you're getting 13 years out of PD. And only 10 or 11 out of Hughes. Maybe that's just the way the business works. And maybe Hughes wants to get to UFA faster. But if he did that, I guess he wouldn't sign eight. He'd do five or six. But still, uh, it's kind of fascinating. Maybe it's a money thing. Maybe it's a perception thing. Who knows? Yeah. I I always find it fascinating that one of them's going bridge, likely one of them's going long term. I wouldn't be too worried about that side of it where it's like, you know, you're only getting him for, you know, 10 years or, or 13 years. I mean, the fact is that if he wants to stay and the team has the money to pay him, they're going to, right? Um, sure. I, I think, yeah. you know, I, I think you're almost running more of a risk on keeping the ongoing shorter term, you know, if things really, you know, fall apart, then they're just like, Hey, I want out like, bye. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't be, I'm not, I'm not too concerned about, you know, the amount of years, unless it's like walking someone to UFA. Uh, cause I think, right. I think signing someone to an eight year deal or a seven year deal, it shows that they want to be here for seven or eight years and likely, ah, true. and likely further than that. Okay, that's fair. No, I'm glad you 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 pointed out that way. But I'll, I'll admit, if they announce tomorrow that Hughes signed for eight by eight, you know, I might say, "Ooh, that's a little bit too much." But ultimately, I'd be happy. Yeah, I think I'd be, I, I'd be in the same yeah. boat where I'd be like, yeah. I'd be like, "Okay, he's got to live up to it. It's risky, <laughs> but if we get eight more years of Queen Hughes, 
which is yeah. which is good. I think that's our problem is we're too centered on <laughs> and all these things. We're too balanced. Um, yeah, I would like it to be, you know, if it could be yeah. eight years, it's six million. You take that and yep. run, right? Like then yes. I'm saying, all right, now you, you've got a cornerstone defenseman probably locked up for eight years. But, yeah. you know, people can turn around really quick. Uh, they don't always, you know, good defensemen don't always stay good defensemen. And you look at Seth Jones, um, who by all analytics metrics this year was pretty bad when the <laughs> last, like, you know, the last four years he's been, you know, maybe a top 15 defenseman in the league. So, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it's always risky giving people term, but you have to sort of, you know, weigh those options. Yeah, that's true. You want to talk about the other guy now? Sure. The, yeah. that Elias Pettersson guy. Um, yeah. So Elliot Friedman also said uh, there will be more conversations this week about both of them. Uh, Rick said, if it's a three-year deal, I could see Pettersson coming in around Barzell. So if you don't know, uh, Matt Barzell, New York Islanders, three years, $7 million per year. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, if you're if if you're signing your your one C at seven million bucks, who has the potential to put up eighty points in a if he plays a full season, uh, yeah, you're you're stealing that. Yeah, I'm taking that too. I, I'm with you, and it's it's unfortunate for PD. Well, it's unfortunate for us and the team that he he didn't play from March first on or whatever it was, and I'm sure that hurts him a little bit because if he lit it up this year, then maybe. He, Maybe he's asking for way more, but uh, we've heard this Barzell number for a couple months now. And honestly, Parker, if it comes anywhere between six and a half to seven and a half, like within a 500 on each side, um, I'll take that. And I think that's fine. And if he wants to play, you know, play lights out for the next three years and earn himself an eight, nine, $10 million contract, then so be it. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Canucks will be happy to pay him that money. Yeah, and an uh, interesting comment from, from Calvin in the chat here uh, saying that he would bridge Elias Pettersson because he needs to prove he could stay healthy. Uh, is that a concern for hmm. you? Is that a concern for me? Huh. Well, we've kind of gone down this with Brock Besser too, haven't we? And Besser, he uh gone down this road. I forgot to finish my sentence. Hmm. Besser went three years than three years, right? Um, yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so... No, I, I think with any player you worry, but it's funny. I, I don't worry about Horvat's health. I know Horvat missed a few, you know, high ankle sprain about three or four years ago, but he seems like a guy who doesn't miss games. Petey, I, we, we certainly missed him. He's the most important player. You know, I, I've kind of hinted on, on my vlog a couple of times that uh, I think some people wanted him to play through his wrist injury, but obviously he was thinking about long-term and yeah. was it worth it? Blah, 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 whatever. That's water under the bridge now. Am I worried about that he's injury prone? Um... I would say that he, you know, uh, he doesn't have the most dur it doesn't look like he's the most durable guy. And yeah. he's not afraid to shy away from contact, those reverse hits, right? Yeah. And 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 trying to protect the puck around the uh, along the board sometimes scares me a little bit. So uh, no, I I'm not concerned to answer the question. I'm not concerned, but um but I wouldn't be surprised if if, you know, he suffers a couple injuries down the road, but because of the way he plays and the way he's built. I think a lot of the concern does come from his frame. Like, I think, I think yeah. I'm not saying me personally, but I, I think a lot of people, you know, they see a guy who's been injured a couple of times. And, you know, if you're looking at a guy who's, you know, six, three to 20, it's not, that's, it doesn't pop. Like you look at Patterson and it pops in your head. Like, Oh, he's a, he's a stick, right? Like he's, he's, right. he's, he's fragile. Uh, but if, I mean, if, what were his, what are the injuries he had? He had the concussion from that, yep. 
from Matheson. Ma- Matheson's choke yeah. slamming him behind the net. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, okay, well, that's that's not really a durability thing, right? A concussion's, right. you know, that would happen to anyone in that scenario. Uh, there was the... You got tied up with a guy's name I can't say. Mix yep. up with Kakaniemi. Yeah, um, and then there was... Uh, he had a... He had, like, another injury like before the bubble last year that he missed a couple of games. Uh, mm. But I think that was only a couple of games he was back in the bubble. And then this yeah. year, there was the wrist, right? Or we, yes. as, as far as we know, it was the wrist. Um, yeah. And I think yeah. most of that was precautionary as well, where it was like, hey, the Canucks aren't making the playoffs. Let's keep this guy and make sure it's 100%. So, but yeah, we're talking four injuries in three years, basically, um, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. a sizable chunk. But when we're talking about like a concussion and then like a weird tie-up thing, that's yeah. that's not really a durability thing in my mind, right? A tie-up thing, it's yeah. like your ligaments are, you know, that's that's happening to everyone. Uh, concussions happening to everyone. The wrist, maybe, but uh, and then you know whatever the other one was, some lower body thing. So not a great sign. And sure, a bridge might be useful in that case. Um, but I mean, even if you're getting sixty-five games out of Pedersen every year. I think you're still getting good value, um, just maybe not as good. Yeah, and I, I that's a good point. And I think maybe, you know, God forbid he has a serious injury. We don't want this to happen, but maybe if one of them does, if he gets hurt in one of the three years and misses 15, 20 games or so, then the Canucks will look smart, right, for for negotiating that bridge right. deal. And But we'll see. But obviously, we're... We have an elite player there. We have an elite player on D and Hughes, and then we have an elite player in goal in Demko. At least the potential to be elite. So, at least uh, there's some room for optimism for sure. But it starts with getting these contracts done and getting them done quite tidily. I'm yeah. not sure the cities are going to be negotiating their contracts though. I'm not sure. I don't think so. Jump into that really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Next on the list, uh, Braden Holtby. This is an interesting one. Uh, I saw you put a video out yesterday. Uh, asking, you know, uh, could he get picked up by Seattle? And I was reading some article as well from some random, like, fan blog website, I think. Um, Yeah. And it was, like, who Seattle should take for every team. And they picked Holtby in that as well. Hmm. I don't get it, but fill me in. Yeah. So there's a couple things here. So uh, without bringing any other sources into it, the, the Holtby discussion was, was that the rest of the Canucks um, roster, their non-protected list, looks pretty thin, right? We've yeah. talked about last week, we talked about at length about, is it going to be Highmore, McEwen, Lind, or Gadjevich, right? One of those four, we agree, is likely going to go. And then on D, it's only Madison Bowie, right? So then, and then on and goal, it's, it's Holtby. So you're looking at maybe one of those six players. What happens if Seattle says, actually, we want the veteran presence, we have the cap space, um, we're going to bring this guy in and we're going to get two younger guys and that's going to be our three goalies. And maybe they have the eye of holding on to him and then flipping him at the trade deadline to a playoff contender if Seattle's... So that was kind of like... I didn't like this theory about a, a week ago or even a day ago, but I started to think about it more because... And this is what I was going to bring up, Parker. I think you hinted at this too. There's been a couple of things like Kevin Woodley on Sportsnet 650. He said that back at the end of last season, uh, one of the writers for The Athletic mentioned... Um, that maybe, just maybe, because they know, Boston knows so much about how hope he was. They played against him so many times in the playoffs. They see him all regular season. That there, there's some love for Holtby in that particular market. And I think you, didn't you highlight another tweet by someone else saying something similar to that as well? Right. So let's start with the Seattle side, 
Um, yeah. For the Seattle side, I just don't get it. Like, I just think you're bringing in, like, I think best case, Holpe is fine next year, right? And maybe puts up like mm -hmm. a 906. Um, yeah. And they'll be saying like, ah, he was a fine goalie and he won half of his starts or whatever. Uh, but you're paying $4.3 for him uh, for that privilege. And I think, I just think negative value is worse than no value. So I, I think mm -hmm. even if you go the route of taking a Cole Lind, for example, or even a Madison Bowie, where it's like an, ex it's an expiring contract that's 100%, you can throw it in the minors, and it has zero impact on your cap, then I think yeah. that makes more sense. If I'm Seattle, I'm just saying Vancouver's a write-off, right? Like, like we're not getting anything crazy value. <laughs> Let's take a shot in the dark on a Cole Lind, and maybe he pans out, maybe he doesn't. With Holtby, you know that you're not getting much for your $4.3 most likely. Um, as for Boston, yeah, it was mentioned on uh, 650 this morning. Uh, Jason Bruff said that he had heard, you know, some swirlings around Boston as well. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, the couple things it stems from, of course, you know, they've seen Holpe play a lot. Um, Tuka Rask is out until January or February uh, of mm -hmm. of the, the of next season, so they don't have a goalie for the first three months maybe four maybe longer right you don't know coming back from an injury if he's going to be 100 percent and ready to go uh jeremy swayman was excellent this year but again he's like 21 years old i think <laughs> like so he's not going to be you know boston boston's a team trying to contend right they still have this really st strong core they don't want you know a 20-something young 20-something year old goalie basically holding their entire contention hopes in their hands um, and then I think there was, you know, Halak was an option, but Halak, I don't, yeah. I don't think he's, um, I heard that he's not, I, I don't know exactly what the story is there. Um, right, right. but you, you think of a guy like Holtby, especially if you could, you know, make a trade where, you know, Canucks retain half the salary. So you're talking, you know, $2.15 million and then a pretty middling asset going back the other way, right? Pretty low value, maybe like a fourth liner or something. Uh, and then for Boston, you're getting a you're getting a guy who can start 45 games, 50 games for you, uh, has that veteran presence, can basically hold you over until January, February, and probably won't kill your team. Um, <laughs> and you know you just split starts with Swayman. If Swayman's doing well, run him. If Holby's doing well, run him. Kind of like yeah. what the Canucks did with Demko this year, just on a younger level. Uh, and it, it kind of makes sense if they can get that you know that basically half price salary uh, through on it. Right, right. Do you think the Canucks would have an appetite of retaining some of that to uh, get rid of them? I think they should. Uh, yeah. Look, it's it's only for this year. Um, at the end of the day, it would be freeing up cap space, right? right. Uh, right. It would free up two point one five. Uh, you'd have to. Yeah. I don't know if you'd, you'd go find another backup or if you'd be willing to put you know a Di Pietro in as that backup to to play twenty five games next year. That's a little iffy for me. Um, and yeah. we know Demko starting 55 to 60 games next year. That's written in stone. Um, mm -hmm. So you need to go, you know, if the Canucks go spend a million of that 2.15 on a backup goalie, uh, just a sort of a insurance plan for Di Pietro, right? You can sort of rotate yeah. them if you need to. Uh, you're probably taking 1.5 million in a player you get back from Boston, um, which basically breaks you even. But you're getting a player as well, right? Or and yeah. someone who you could probably bury in the minors anyways, and then replace. So, I think it just makes sense if you get any value for Holtby, because at this point mm -hmm. it's a negative value contract. 
Right, right. No, that makes sense. I think where I'm at is when the Canucks first signed Holtby last summer, the very first thing everyone said is good. Now we have expansion draft prote- protection for Demko. Right. Then Holtby doesn't play so good. And like, oh, dang, Seattle is not even going to give this guy a, a thought. And I'm still admittedly leaning more towards that side of the fence. But I just, I don't know. There's just a, a small part of me that says, or maybe it's more hope, honestly, wishful thinking, Parker, that, that they do it for us. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. You never know. Yeah, and I mean, the, the Holpe experiment, like, the reason they went for it is, one, Holpe was excellent up until basically the year before his contract ended in Washington, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, he was consistently in the 920s in save percentage. Uh, he was a 907 in 2017-18, but they won the cup that year. Uh, mm-hmm. So he did fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He was a 911. They scored, yeah, they all scored their problems, I think. <laughs> yeah, he was a 911 yeah. save percentage in 2018-19, and then in his contract year, it was an 897. So for the Canucks, the thought was, well, let's you know, let's see if he can turn it around, right? You know, yeah. give it's it's two years. Uh, 4.3 was a quite a bit of money, uh, especially if there weren't a lot of people bidding. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the two years, I guess the whole point was the expansion draft protection. It's just, you know, we're kind of at this point where we just have all these negative value contracts that need to go somewhere if we want to add pieces to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's fair. So according to Parker, then um, Seattle taking Holtby, don't do that. If I'm don't Seattle, I just don't yeah. see I don't see a point. Uh, I think yeah. you can you can pull better value elsewhere. Um, yeah. it's just, it's not worth the risk. Yeah. By the way, I liked, time for hockey. I liked his quote, uh, is in, in the chat. PD isn't injury prone. No offense, but this discussion is wasting time. No offense taken at all. No, that's yeah. good. We, we appreciate that feedback. I, 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 you know, um, we're not getting defensive. I think it's worth talking about only because we're talking about contract. You know, we, we wouldn't bring it up otherwise, but that's fair. So according to time for hockey, talking about PD being injury prone, Parker, don't do that. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing, the whole show's a waste of time at the end of the day, right? Yeah, with no aircon is, 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 don't do that. Every, that's a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all right. What do we have next on our list? Um, well, while we look at our list, if anyone wants to throw in and a couple don't do that, we will get to them by the end of the, the show. But yes, what is it next on our list, Parker? Sure. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, some holes that the Canucks could, or some, people that the Canucks could use to fill some holes. Um, mm. This was a really interesting quote from Frank Saravalli on TSN 1260. Now, I don't know which one 1260 is. That's Edmonton. I just looked it up. Uh, <laughs> You're fast. The Arizona Coyotes asked Connor Garland's agent to put together some salary proposals. So basically, hey, hmm. what do you want? What do you expect to get for salary on your next contract? He presented them with two different options. On May 20th, for those of you Mm. counting at home, that was about 39 days ago. (laughs) The Coyotes haven't answered. They haven't responded. They haven't even picked up the phone to acknowledge they received his uh, salary proposals. What's wrong with this team, man? Those guys are a bunch of bozos. Yeah. And I mean, Connor Garland was like one of the best players on their team this year. Yeah. And they're just saying, yeah, we're just going to ignore this guy, right? Like he's 25. Uh, yep, he yep. put up he put up 39 points last year in 68 games. He put up 39 yep. points this year in 49 games. 
Mm. We're, ta- we're talking about a guy on an eight or on like a sixty point pace for an entire season, and mm. you're you have him as an RFA, and yep. you're not even listening to you're not getting back to him uh, on, on what he wants. You're not answering the phone. Like he's just gonna ask to like he's just gonna ask to be traded. Like at this point, like you, I would right. Like they're not they're literally not answering the phone when I call. This isn't a team I want to play for. Um, especially when it's it's you know Connor Garland, oh. he's gonna be in demand. It'd be one thing if Connor Garland was the one who said, "Hey, I have two different salary structures that I want you to consider." You just said that they asked him to do it, correct? Right. Yeah, he didn't go to them and be like. Or he like his agent didn't go to them. Like, well, all right, we're thinking, you know, three years at four million, uh, or you know, yeah. we'll go long term at, at you know, like six by six, if uh, as another option. They said that's like Parker. They, well, well, yeah, they said, go ahead. Sorry, man. They asked uh, exactly what do you guys want to uh, want to see, no. or what? How much money do you want to see? And uh, and and they just ignored them. That's um, like you thinking about starting a podcast calling me up and asking me, Hey Clay, would you want to join me? And then when I say yes, you don't even teach me how to get into discord. Like that's basically what it is. Absolutely. Uh, I think YouTube might be having some issues uh, at the moment. Uh, I, I'm getting an error and I'm noticing a black screen. Uh, oh. So for those of you who are listening to the podcast, this is exclusive for you guys. Uh, no one else yes. gets to hear any of this. Um, and hopefully we'll get that all sorted out. Uh, I'm going to send a message here. Clay, if you want to fill the, sure. fill the dead air here. I will fill some time. Let's talk about one thing um, as Parker works out our technical issues. Another piece of Canucks news was that um, I wouldn't say Ryan Johnson was named the new GM of the Abbotsford AHL franchise. He was confirmed to be the new GM of the Abbotsford AHL franchise. And, and the reason why I say that is Ryan Johnson, former player, he, actually two of his 15 seasons was with the Vancouver Canucks, but he has been the general manager of the Utica Comets for the past for the past three seasons. So as expected, the Vancouver Canucks, with their new AHL franchise in Abbotsford, they're bringing over the entire management team from Utica, and they're bringing over the coaching staff as well. So I think that's really important uh, for a couple of reasons. Is number one... Um, that means they believe in Ryan Johnson as the GM. They believe in Trent Call as the head coach. And number two, that makes a lot of sense given so much upheaval, so much change already in the, in the Vancouver Canucks franchise. You want guys that have been doing a good job. You want guys that you can trust. And remember, the Abbotsford team still has to get a, lo- a, a team name. They have to get a logo. They have to come up with a ticket pricing and plan and all these things. So... To me, it makes sense that there's some stability here with Ryan Johnson. And and people ask, well, I don't remember him. I can't remember how he played. Well, he played for 15 years in the NHL. Two of them were with the Canucks. And in his uh, basically 120 games with the Canucks, he had like 12 points. So he's not he's not the uh, top six elite sniper or anything like that. I, I call him like a Tyler Mott. He hustles. He's smart. He blocks a lot of shots. What does that say? Well, you're saying, Clay, well, what does that have to do with him being a good executive? I think he knows what it's like to, to be a winner. I know uh, Parker and I talked about culture. The Sidian's bringing a Sidian-like culture. I think he's trying very hard to establish a culture in with the Abbotsford AHL, the Utica Comets, now the Abbotsford team. So, uh, again, not surprising news, but it's it's a tidy piece of business that Canucks announcing just a couple of days after the, the Sidian's announcement that Ryan Johnson indeed confirmed as the GM 
of the AHL franchise. Figure anything out yet, Parker? Should I just keep talking? <laughs> no, I don't think. Uh, I think we're having some some real problems. Sure that the recording continues here. Uh, yeah, no yeah, we're definitely having uh, small technical issues. Um, I'm going to. Uh, we're gonna to message them, and I'll keep going. Yep, you can keep it up. All right. So let's talk about. I will um, for the last five or 10 minutes here actually now we can't really get questions from people so we could talk about a couple more things actually uh, let's talk about um a couple announcements that the nhl made today in terms of what we would call tent pull events no that's not all the fans huddling under a tent that means basically some some events that you can at least build calendaring scheduling around so um those of you, those of us in Canada, we're going to be disappointed, perhaps, that there's going to be no um, Heritage Classic, no Canucks game, uh, no, no Canadian. Let's try that again. There'll be no game in Canada outdoors, at least not yet. But the NHL did name three games for next season. We have the Winter Classic. That's the January first game, and that's going to be St. Louis at Minnesota. So St. Louis at Minnesota, and that's the Winter Classic. Then we have the stadium series. That game's going to be a little bit later in February, I believe. And that's going to be in Nashville. And I think the rumor is that Tampa Bay is going to be playing in that one. So it'll be Tampa versus Nashville. And then after one year off, the All-Star game comes back. And it's going to be hosted in the hustle and bustling city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Yes. So, yes, Las Vegas getting an All-Star game. So there we go. A winter classic in Minnesota, a stadium series in Nashville, and an all-star game in Vegas. Anything stand out to you there, Parker? Uh, yeah, I mean, Winter Classic in Minnesota seems pretty sweet. Uh, yep. Na Nashville is going to be a great city for anything. Uh, and, I mean, Vegas just makes so much sense, right? You know, have it there. Uh, have the whole party in town. Um, I, I don't think you can really go wrong with any of those. Uh, the Heritage Classic's interesting, though. Site to be determined yes. in Canada. Um I mean, what are we thinking there? Are we thinking uh, BC Place Round 2, <laughs> Sens and Canucks in March? Um, did you know I went to that game, Parker? Did you? Yeah, it was weird, man. It was weird. <laughs> yeah, it didn't seem like the like the greatest experience. Um, it, it was okay. They, they sucked a couple hundred bucks out of me. That We'll put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I am sure they did. Um <laughs> I'm just trying to, I think we're, so we're yeah. live on Twitch right now. Uh, I think, okay. it, I hope that's working well. Uh, YouTube just yeah. was having real problems. Uh, if you're still in the yeah. YouTube chat, we can still see it. If you if you type in there, uh, we have both, I have them both up. Um, okay. So yeah, what a mess. What a mess YouTube is. Um, not as smooth as YouTube. It, goes, it might have, it might yeah. be an issue with, with my stuff too. Very possible. Uh, it is being recorded though. I'll, I'll, I'll re-upload it to the YouTube channel uh, and everything afterwards. Uh, so yeah. it should be, it should be all good to go there. We'll make it work. I'm really glad you corrected me about the heritage classes. So there is going to be one. They just haven't named who and where. Is that right. correct? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Just in Canada is all they've said. Yeah. I heard some people saying, uh, maybe it was Jeff Patterson on Twitter saying, you know, it, it feels like it should be a Connor McDavid year. Like a, a, a year to host, uh, to feature right. the Edmonton Oilers. So, yeah. Yeah, do it like going, Commonwealth yeah. or something. Is that still a thing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just put Zach Cassian and Matthew Kachuk right in the middle of like, like the of center ice there and let stadium. him go. Yeah, that'd be wild. Uh, <laughs> um, I guess other things that, that came up, uh, you wanted yeah. to mention uh, Ryan Johnson 
GM. Did you mention yeah. this already? I might have. Yeah, missed. and I it's was fine. Focused uh, on no, that. no problem. I, yeah, I I went for about three or four minutes, but I, I basically gave the the lay of the land. Just maybe quickly, Parker, for your perspective, any surprise to you? Good move. Would you like to see them go in a different direction, or does this make sense because of the stability needed? It doesn't really surprise me. I mean, yeah. he's he's been the guy there for a while. I have I don't really have much of an impression on him. I've heard he's very smart. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, I, I it, whoever they named, I probably wouldn't have known otherwise. Um, so you know what? Good job. You, okay. You, you did. You didn't mess it up, I guess. Yes, but I did not get to the Seattle Kraken naming their head coach yet. I don't know if you want to leave that one. Yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting one. Uh, Dave yes. Haxtell getting yep. a uh, getting a shot with the Kraken. After uh, being the Flyers head coach, um, when was that? Was that the whole, that was what two years ago? Yeah, and it was he got fired quite in an unre- yeah, an unremarkable run, if I remember. I'm not. Sh- I just remember I would get confused between Hackstall and Hextall. In, yeah, in they're too close. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, they. I mean, he he was there for three and a half years. Fired halfway through 2019. Yeah. Uh, they missed the playoffs twice. They, you know, lost in the first round twice. Um, so they really didn't do anything. Uh, he was a NCAA coach for 11 years at North, North Dakota, very esteemed yep. program there. Um, you know, they, you know, they won the, they won the whole thing when Besser was there. Um, yes. so I, I, I think I just, it seems like, you know, your first coaching hire, you could have got anyone right like yeah. like you could have got there's a lot of options i don't know if this was like a panic thing they mentioned that like <laughs> him and ron francis were in a car in the czech republic together at some point that's how they met and it's just like the weirdest the weirdest connections the weirdest old boys club right it's like well you helped me out when we were in the czech republic so here's a head coaching that, job that is so strange man so it sounds like you're with me is they maybe missed an opportunity to do something creative or new or something, something exciting. Yeah. I mean, there, whether it was, you know, an up and coming rising coach or, you know, an esteemed one, right? Like the off season just started. There's still time for coaches, for some coaches to get fired. Um, Probably not many, but I'm sure a couple will be on the move and I'm sure they could have, you know, they could have probably poached like an Alex Burroughs if they wanted to go real crazy, <laughs> if they want to really start the rivalry up. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think uh, I, I, I just, it just seemed like an odd move to me and just kind of a, kind of a swing and a miss in my mind. And there'd be a couple coaches that have been scooped, right? Gerard Gallant is going to New York, correct? That's right. I, I think it was. Yeah. And then was there another one named or is that he being the only one so far? That's the only one that comes to my okay. mind, and that was a big one. Yeah. Like I, I wonder, yeah. like, I wonder if they were trying to get him, and he decided to go to the Rangers instead. Maybe he's like, I don't want to start a new team again. Yeah, um, look what and, happened last time. <laughs> and I, yeah, and I think on paper, the Rangers are are close, right? Like they're right about to break through that like playoff team barrier uh, after yeah. being, you know, that after the fastest rebuild we've ever seen. Um, yeah. I think, you know, a coach like Gallant can just jump in there and hopefully be really useful on that uh, on that bench. So um, yeah. it I, I see why like, I think I would have picked, you know, if I was in Gallant's position, you know, you already had that expansion thing. And I think I think Vegas got real lucky that time with all the bad deals that were made around the NHL. So I think yep. if you're Gallant, you're thinking, you know what? Rangers are probably a safer bet. Bet you the Rangers are paying more. 
um all around it just it just kind of made sense yeah no, no that so okay we're on the same page here yeah not the sexiest of hires now parker just before we we look at the last couple of topics do we have a way to communicate with our viewers or should we kind of plow through without asking them for questions kind of thing yeah so i have i mean the people who are still in the youtube chat which is only a couple uh we can see your messages mm -hmm. people in the twitch chat i can see those as well um, oh so, okay, okay but i mean lots of people i'm sure don't have twitch accounts but a, a few people do i noticed lucas mm -hmm. in here calvin's in here uh oh, a cool. few people are in here so um right everyone so for the last 10 minutes yeah. do you want to go to them or do you want to we got two more topics we can fill the time with easy it's up to you yeah, I mean, let's. Uh, if you guys do have some some don't do that's for us again, you know, our, we're we're down uh, a bunch of people here, <laughs> so we might <laughs> we might not see your uh, see your message, um, but you can throw those in the chat uh, while we're here. Uh, Lucas also mentioned, um, you know, Charlotte being the AHL affiliate for Seattle this year, which I had on the dock that we were going to mention because yeah. uh, there was sort of a rumor that you know the Kraken's Palm Springs AHL team wouldn't be ready. Uh, the Canucks and Abbotsford sort of made sense as a partnership. And, you know, we were kind of worried about that. Like, well, we don't want our development time going to Seattle's prospects, which yeah. is not a concern anymore. They will share with the Florida Panthers, which could not be much farther away. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just strange. I, mean, I, I don't, of course, I don't know any of the politics. I don't know any, know any of the backroom dealings, but yeah, uh, either your farm team's two and a half hours north of you or your a five-hour flight. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, I mean... You know, what I, am I, I missing? Like, <laughs> I, I think it's just the they're in a division that's close to other teams, I guess, and the call-ups okay. are going to be slow, but I, I guess that's the only real concern. Uh, and Not that I, we feel sorry for them. Look at what we've had to do for the and, past few and seasons. <laughs> the Kraken aren't going to have a ton of like prospects to fill an yeah. AHL team really yet, so I don't think it's a yeah. big deal to Florida. Uh, so yeah. I, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, they'll be fine. All right, couple of don't do that's uh, mm -hmm. on Twitch here. Uh, fangirl not having an AC unit or a fan when a heat wave hits. Don't do that. Yeah, yes. either or. Yeah, that's bad. That's tough. Yes, I well, I got this guy a couple weeks ago and it has been great. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> very much worth the pickup. Uh, random hockey mm -hmm. fan trading a promising young Sergachev for a inconsistent player. Don't do that. Yeah. yeah, that would be one of the one of the cool storylines if it was going to happen, right? Yeah, the the Sergachev Druan yeah. uh, trade. Uh, I mean, Druan looked like he was going to have this this high offensive potential, but Sergachev was so young when that trade happened. I think, right? That was what twenty seventeen. Yeah. That happened. Yep. How old is Sergachev? Like, he's only well. He got drafted same year as Ulevi. Yeah, so, so he's, he's twenty twenty. He was nineteen. Yeah, like he yeah. was he was nineteen years old when he got traded, right? And he was a ninth overall pick. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, if, if Montreal wins the Stanley cup here, then they're laughing, but you know, yeah. I'm, I'm sure they'd like a, a Sergachev on the blue line, not like their blue line oh. struggling. Uh, they're, yeah. they did a little tonight, but, um, you know, I think they've been fine. Yeah. He's so, uh, Sergachev's so good. And yeah, you know, we don't know what's wrong with uh, Jonathan Druin. Obviously he missed the last part of the season with personal, uh, issues not coming back to the team for the final. It wouldn't make sense chemistry-wise anyway. So obviously we hope for the best for him and maybe we ultimately learn, maybe we don't. But uh, the important thing is that he gets better whatever he's he's struggling with for sure. Absolutely. Speaking um, of struggling. Oh, yeah. For it. Nope, all you. What's your uh, impressions of the 5-1 victory? 
the drubbing. Yeah, the hands. I, I'm yeah. not going to take too, too much from it. Um, yeah. I mean, look, Tampa Bay was a better team by a lot. Uh, Carey Price led in five goals and was still excellent. Um, mm -hmm. Vasilevsky was perfect, except for the one shot that got double-doinked past him. <laughs> uh, Is that the technical, I think technical that's the, term? That's double the technical term, yep. Uh, coined from the Chicago Bears however many years ago. Okay. Uh, the Cody Sounds Parkey. dirty, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I mean, Montreal yeah. got kind of clowned. And that's sort of what we expected for the whole series, but that's also what we expected yeah. for the last three series for Montreal. Um, yeah. So I'm going to focus a little bit more on that uh, three-series sample size over the one-game sample size. Uh, now, that sample size will also tell you that Tampa Bay uh, kind of crushed everyone in front of them, and they won the Stanley Cup <laughs> last year. So that sample size tells me to be like, yeah, Tampa Bay is going to run away with it. Um, yeah. My gut tells me Tampa Bay is going to run away with it, but I yeah. feel like Montreal's made everyone, you know, eat their words a little bit this year. Uh, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to commit too hard to that. You know, what's crazy Parker. I sat down to do a quick post game and I just wanted to pick on two or three things. And I opened up the box score and I see 115 hits, 58 for Montreal and 57 for Tampa. Some teams That's don't wild. get 58 hits in five or six games, or maybe maybe three or four games, or two or three. Did they mention that on the on the I, broadcast at all? Just I didn't notice it. I didn't. I don't have sound oh. on a lot, uh, especially okay. when I'm doing those those clip right. breakdowns because I kind of yep. I kind of focus on the on the highlights for a little bit. Um, so yeah. they might have, but I I didn't notice it. Uh, I, yeah. like, I didn't notice he, the stat, but that's crazy. Exactly. And, and even watching the game, you, 115 hits, you'd expect, well, technically, that's actually two hits a minute. That So you should be someone getting smoked every couple minutes. Yeah. I didn't see that, but it just speaks to how badly, obviously, these two teams want it and how intense it's going to be. Obviously, if they're sitting at game five, they're not going to have 115 hits. I think that's going to be a lot lower. But wow, what I was so blown away when I saw that stat. It's nuts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I think for the rest of the series, I mean, we're looking at, I mean, Mon Montreal wasn't supposed to be here. Mm. <laughs> down, they were down three yeah. one in the first round, uh, yeah. and they they fought back. Uh, they were, you know, they they they've just they've overachieved at every level. Um, yeah. Who's to say they're not going to do it again at this point? Right? Yeah, I mean they they have talent. You know, I mean you look yeah. at they have an excellent goalie. So does Tampa. They have excellent defense. So does Tampa. They have guys who can score. Tampa has more of those. So, you know, it's... Uh, it, again, I just... It's so hard for me to be like, well, Carey Price could just steal them some games. Yeah, but so yeah. can Vasilevsky, right? Like, Vasilevsky exactly. can also just yeah. do the exact same thing on the other side. Uh, so I think yeah. the goalies are just, you know, kind of irrelevant to... to you know, like, you can't pick one over the other because um, they're both just have been perfect, basically, throughout the playoffs. Yeah. I agree with you. The margin of difference, if there even is a difference, is so thin. You're you're exactly right. You can't predict that a goalie's going to steal a game or two, and let alone the series. There's no way. Yeah. It's going to come from the skaters, the players. And right now, Tampa just showed their their depth, right? When you have guys like uh, Chernick and Gord and, and, and Platt putting up points, along with the points, Sergeyev's, Kucherov's, and, and, and Stamkos, then you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I, th I think Kucherov has 30 points in the playoffs now. Like, guy, <laughs> didn't, guy, unfair, didn't, guy didn't even play all year. He had no warm-up. Yeah. 
He just yeah. came out and, and he looked, he didn't look great in like the first couple rounds. Like he looked kind of slow right. and he still had like 17 points. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, he's clearly, yeah. clearly a very good, uh, very good hockey player. Uh, yeah, and don't forget he played 45 seconds in one of those games too. So like basically take one game off yeah. of his total. <laughs> yeah. So he's been excellent. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to bet against Tampa Bay right now. I saw, uh, Dom Lucision's model uh, on the athletic, I think it yeah. was like 22% chance Montreal wins the series. Right now, right. it is at 14.8% chance Montreal wow. wins the series. And that's because basically each game, I think he has Tampa Bay at about a, a, a two-thirds of the time they'll win every game. Mm-hmm. And they only need to win three games. Uh, and, and Montreal has been four. So the odds just you know keep getting worse and worse <laughs> for, for Montreal there to, to win four of the next six uh, against a very strong Tampa Bay team. You got it. Prior to tonight's game, Parker, uh, in my vlog, I said, so I said Tampa in six with Kucherov as the consmith. You know, I wasn't going out on a limb or anything there. What would you have said for your prediction? Yeah, I would have taken Tampa in, I, I want, I would, I would wanted to say five, but I would have said six mm-hmm. because yeah. it's safer. Um, and I'm scared. <laughs> um, Con Smythe, yeah, it probably would have been Kucherov. I mean, just he's so far ahead in points. It could be yeah. Vasilevsky if, yeah, like if I think if it's a sweep and Vasilevsky allows three goals in the series, then we're starting to you know switch sides a little bit. But even then, yeah. like we're still looking at Kucherov who has you know thirty points in you know how many games has he played? Nineteen games. He has twenty three assists, seven goals. You know that's those are really good numbers, uh, and I think, I think so. <laughs> you know, I think that's enough to. I think it's probably enough to take it. But but Vasilevsky yeah. has has been outstanding. Yeah, and you know, uh, just to tie this back to the Canucks as we wrap up, I look at Montreal and I know the Canucks struggled against them, but I, I honestly, man, I don't see the Canucks as that far off from what Montreal has. I see us as worlds away from what Tampa has. Yeah, and I think I. Th- I think it sort of falls on the fact that I think Montreal's overachieving to such an extent that I don't think we can base too much off of um off of looking at Montreal and being like, wow, see, you just have to make it in and you and you yeah. you have a shot. It's like, yeah, you always have a shot, but don't you want that shot to be as good as possible? Tampa <laughs> Bay has gone and assembled this outrageous team, and they are going to, you know, likely win back-to-back Stanley Cups. Uh, they were the favorites the year before where they got swept by Columbus out of nowhere. Mm. Um, but again, you know, if if you build your team to give yourself one shot, let's say let's say Montreal takes their shot this year and the next year they sort of falter. Well, Tampa yeah. Bay, if Tampa Bay had built for one year, got swept by Columbus and then blew it up, right? If they'd only built for that one year, then they would have got swept by Columbus and everyone were like, oh, wow, see, that's that's why you build a, a long-lasting team with a long open window instead of a team that has a right. one-year window, right? Now Tampa Bay comes back the last two years uh, and, and probably goes back-to-back. And uh, I, think, I think that should hurt the argument of just get in and you have a shot because don't you, you need to give yourself as many shots as possible right right no that's fair that's fair so yeah all the way full circle let's see what happens this offseason between the expansion nhl energy draft free agency and let's see if the cities have everything or nothing to do with it <laughs> we'll yeah, see absolutely um 
while we're wrapping up here, uh, sorry about the technical difficulties. That was really annoying. Um, uh, I will have, I have two recordings that I'll splice together. Uh, if you missed any part of the show, uh, if you just caught the Twitch half, if you caught the YouTube half then you and not the Twitch half, then you're probably not listening anymore. Uh, the podcast version will be up maybe a little later um, than normal because I got to edit them together. Um, and I will re-upload to YouTube uh, the full thing. So I'll mm -hmm. unlist this one. We'll put the whole thing on YouTube. Uh, so if you missed any part of it, you can go watch it there uh, probably in the morning tomorrow. Um, which will be fine, hopefully. Hopefully the hopefully the recording part worked. It'll work out. It always does yeah, somehow. It always does somehow. Anyways, uh, thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for, uh, you know, about half of the people made the move over to Twitch uh, to catch the end, which was nice to see. So thank you guys for that. Uh, if you, uh, I mean, you know, go subscribe to the YouTube channel if you if you haven't already. Uh, make sure you're following on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever podcast platform you use, and you can catch the rest of the show uh, next time. Um, next Monday. Every Monday. Uh, and some special Monday. shows coming up next month, likely, as well, because we do have the expansion draft and the NHL draft, you know, just days apart, uh, so we might sneak in an extra show or two around then. Anyways, that good. that's about it. Thank you guys for watching. And uh, we'll see you in the next one.